Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, I think we're going to get right into it. I think you were talking about an event attraction you were going to talk about. I'm talking about an attraction. Okay. That I think you and I should do at some point this year. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Madcap Motel? Uh, No. Looks pretty crazy. (laughs) Go on. So the whole idea is you enter an alternate dimension called Elsewhere, where you can explore hidden uh, passageways, uncover hidden rooms, and interact with the motel staff for a unique adventure. So it blurs the lines between what's real and what's fake, and wonders if play can be extended beyond screens and boards into daily life. Okay. So there's hidden portals. There's different realities that you can pick. There's like the mad scientist. There's all these weird, but you spend the night there and you're living in this alternate reality. (laughs) Okay. And it's in LA. You had me at spend the night. (laughs) It's in LA. I've never done it before. No, that's amazing. I'm going to... We, That's me opening my beverage to yes. celebrate the overnight adventure we will have. We invite you to explore behind every motel door and get lost in our immersive world of interdimensional adventure. Open Thursday to Sunday. Mm. Safe and fun for all ages. Amazing. And it's, it's actually pretty reasonably priced. Okay, great. I'm excited. Do not feed the hedge people, it says. <laughs> So it says they're just trying to scare us that yeah. there's hedge people. <laughs> uh, our photo friendly adventure full of story building performances, the perfect outing for your friends, your date or your family roam our jungle atrium and explore behind every door. But please do not feed the hedge. Uh, people. What a oh, trying to scare us. That sounds super fun. Yeah. I want to do it. So, can we do it now? Yeah. No. I think you can stay overnight or it's just designed as a motel. I don't know. I'll look more into it. But yeah. Could you? I will. We're going to do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next thing we would like to do is a little segment we like to call. Oh, man. I didn't even pick one. I've got so many. Holofax with Carol. <laughs> you can do it. I know that you can. No, I can. It's just, you know. Because afterwards, you have a gift. You got a gift in the mail from a listener. So That's you get a so prize exciting. for doing this horror really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Number one uno as yes, they ma'am. say in espanol lord my mother would kill me if i said it like <laughs> she really would this film was influenced and took some inspiration from the 1956 classic invasion of the body snatchers hmm. number two the name of the factory in this movie is silver shamrock number three this movie combined witchcraft and the computer age. Number four, stolen pieces of boulder from Stonehenge are the weapon of choice in this film. <laughs> Sorry, you know what it is? No. Oh, okay. I, I thought you would because I feel like you watched it recently. I'm but maybe sure not. I probably have. Number five, but... when activated by a flashing signal mm-hmm. on the commercial, the commercial on screen has a magic pumpkin that flashes. The microchip inside 
the person wearing the mask will succumb to brain damage. So if the person's wearing the mask and sees this commercial come on with the flashing pumpkin, the chip in the mask will succumb them to, to brain damage. Oh, amazing. I have yeah. no idea, but that sounds amazing. And I will say it's because it was one of the most underrated films. If it would have been standalone, it would have been great, which is Halloween 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I watched it last year. But yeah, that's amazing. I know that's one of that's Darcy's uh, it's favorite, a, yeah. Joe Bob and Darcy on uh, the Joe Bob Briggs show. It's one of Darcy's favorites. Going through these, I know I've heard her talk about it. Mm-hmm. Going through these facts make me want to watch it just because it's like. Yeah, just watch it outside of the Halloween you franchise. To. You have to. It's, it's a standalone movie, mm-hmm. and some people really like it as a standalone movie. It's much more campy than yeah. the series. It's well, and it's creep. If if you were a kid in the eighties during Halloween and you were so excited about mm-hmm. getting the masks, which we we talked about on this episode. I mean, on the show before, how then if those masks were possessed and they were trying to go a different direction, yeah, and they did, and not a lot of people thought that was great <laughs> but yeah. it has a cult following <laughs> so does horror facts with calf that's right i'm just saying we might have some t-shirts coming our way this fall <laughs> yeah. of horror she facts. promises merch <laughs> <laughs> she has promises of merch I she do. has she has little candy cane dreams of merchandise oh you just wait <laughs> bite your tongue hey bring it All right, bring it. What's this gift I have? All right, so you got a gift from a listener. So I'm going to go over there, and you're going to put your hands over your eyeballs. Should I do that now? Yes, please. So forgive me, everyone. I'm moving away from the mic. Here I go. And Kathy's going to talk or something. (laughs) You're going to hand it? Okay, she just handed it to me. Hold on. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Okay. Open it up. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, and here's the stand. Oh my, oh my God. There's a stand. Okay. That is amazing and disgusting. Okay, all at once. Okay. This is incredible. All right. This is one of the best gifts, if not the best gift. Okay. I'm I think <laughs> it is the best gift we've ever gotten on the show. Smell it. It smells like, okay. We'll just tell people what it okay. is and then I'll make you smell so it. So <laughs> we've, we've talked about the movie Taurus Trap on the show multiple times and, <laughs> and everyone on our discord knows that I'm incredibly terrified by it, even though it was made in 1979. I think that actually adds <laughs> to the creep factor. <laughs> totally. And I hate mannequins and I hate dolls and ice. One of our, our guys on the show, he actually sent us <laughs> An official Taurus Trap. So if you know the cover box of Taurus Trap, the woman on the front who's terrifying, he actually sent me a replica. I mean, it's the legit, this is not something you buy at CVS. No, it feels really this strong is, and it smells like the like when you make a plastic, no, no, like a mask it's latex. Of oh, it's wow. It's full on real, like legit that they would use in the movies and just so cover it crazy. with makeup. And I think like you're, you're going to post on Instagram, yes. right? Or you already posted on Instagram a while back, This actually. is awesome. Amazing. <laughs> by the time by, by the, the time, time this, this airs, airs we will have posted the pictures today yeah. so you can go back and look but i'm gonna post more probably too and then wow, wow. so here so take a second and um hold on because there's a uh, there's an additional surprise oh wow there's actually another one so apparently i oh my two. god <laughs> i got one too oh my god it's disgusting okay oh, so this is so i know so the other one that we got from Ice as well. It smells like latex. Is, it doesn't smell that bad. 
is the dude. His I'm name being dramatic. is. Um, <laughs> oh my god! What the heck? Is They're his so name? creepy looking. The way the mouths are like uh, dolls. Slauson. You know? It's oh. Slauson. Chuck Connors. It's it's Slauson's mask. Oh my god! These are. I mean, honestly though, these these are incredible, legit. These are not cheap. No, those are legit masks, and I can't even tell you like how funny that is because. Kathy is straight scared of Taurus Trap. Like, yeah, Taurus Trap, that dolls. movie scares the crap out of me. And we watched Taurus Trap on the Discord, and Kathy freaked out and was having the greatest time watching it. And we Every all, time I watch it, I get we were, freaked out. We were partly watching the movie and partly like watching Kathy for her responses and reactions to it because it's just one of those ones where it's like her favorite, but it also terrifies the crap out of her. Um, and so I guess I thought that was pretty great and sent you a mask so that you can personify that's and now you realize we're gonna have to like put them on take photos oh yeah like now we're signed on but also i feel as if he might have some revenge coming oh yeah no game on oh game on now it's gonna be the battle of horror gifts (laughs) (laughs) well i can't think of any funner of a battle to be in really that's what i mean like bring it on this is fun and we we have a lot of really good studio stores in in la so right I mean, Be ready. Yeah. the holidays are coming. And for the rest of you, hey, if you've got horror gifts that you think are exceptional, you definitely don't have to buy them for us. But I would love for you to hit us up on social media and show us your gifts. Even if like if you're the person making them, if they're if you're yeah. in the if you're in the horror gift business, like contact me on Twitter at Talk Terror and I would love to see your gifts and we would love to help promote, especially if you are if you're making them and they are exceptional we want to know about it uh so also it's my birthday it is i mean not today no but, but we're, tis it, the season tis the birthday week which is the <laughs> launching of our halloween season that's right my birthday week being august is like the beginning of august is the launch of the halloween season so it's so apropos that you got crazy latex masks from tourist trap which you start it, I end it. I mean, how perfect is that? I mean, and then, yeah, Kathy's birthday's in October. So, like, all right. So, I have gifts that Kathy has brought to me. And I'm guessing they're horror gifts as well that we will share it's with you. the only way to do it. All right. So, let me open this one. I'm just going to slip this thing out of its little cover. Oh, my God. What is that? Oh, that's Freddy Krueger. Oh, it's a little bit broken. It's okay. There's a little bit of glue we have oh. to do at the top. It's really fragile, though, and that's yeah. not a problem. Okay, so this is a clock. It is obviously circular. And the little clock is in the middle, and it says, do not sleep. And it's got a bunch of branches, and it's got Freddy with his big claw at the top. And I will take a picture of that as well and post it. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Freddy Krueger. Our studio's just, getting pretty cool. And it just take. yeah, I'm going to start to have to take non-horror things if there are any left out of here, because we need the room. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, there's another thing here. Take this out of its container. Oh, <laughs> so <clears throat> Kathy knows that the Conjuring series is one of my faves because I like the ghosties. And honestly, the Annabelle movies are certainly some of the better ones, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think the first Conjuring is exceptional. And then I really do like the Annabelle movie. And this is a lunchbox, an Annabelle lunchbox. And on the front, it's got the creepy ass doll. It's like a doll theme today. Yeah. 
dolls and mannequins and masks and shit. By the uh, way, Ice, when I had to pull that thing out by its hair, I didn't know what I was about to look at. <laughs> I didn't know if I was pulling out a doll. Like, I is just, it a I rat? I felt this what hair. It? I knew it was a, a doll of some sort. And then, you know. And then there it was. Trap. And it says, so this lunchbox says, uh, found you. And it's got Annabelle on the front. That's very cool. And inside, oh, Reese's Cups. Thank you so much. I like that the lunchbox is black. Yeah. My favorite killer. Oh, and a t-shirt that's black. Uh, what is this? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, The Shining. Amazing. And a shining T-shirt, ladies and gentlemen, that we can wear to uh, Midsummer Night's Scream. We can. Midsummer Scream, I think it's called. Sorry, I don't mean to botch the brand. but Midsummer Scream? Yeah. We're going to the pop-up, as you've heard us talk about, in a couple of weeks. Yay, thank you so much. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me is the first horror movie I ever saw. I know. Oh, my God. It's not up anymore, but that was part of our very first episode in season one, which is behind a private wall for our patrons because (laughs) it is part of our lineage and we share that with our special people, but not with everyone because it's very different. It is. (laughs) Three years ago, including the sound. Uh, We did a buddy watch. This was a Kathy pick. Uh, It's called Brain Scan. And I will read the little synopsis. 1994 sci-fi surprising for kathy sci-fi 95 minutes horror films and computer games fascinate teenager michael played by edward furlong and a cd-rom that portrays murder from the killer's point of view combines these interests the first time michael plays it he kills a stranger and cuts off a foot (laughs) thinking the events take place in virtual reality but the next day michael finds a foot in his refrigerator and cyber ghoul trickster played by t Ryder smith emerges from the program and forces him to keep playing and to continue committing violent crimes much in the hellraiser tradition well i know how i feel about it well yeah i mean i've seen this movie too many times to count i was working in the movie theater when it came out oh gotcha um, and just completely weirdly fell in love with it and i still love it it was a lot of fun it was intriguing i love the trickster character also because I've great. also because I've studied depth psychology and the trickster is in all of us mm-hmm. <laughs> and the trickster is in our culture and it's a myth and it's a metaphor for a lot of things. So I really like that part of it because they're literally ripping, you know, they're ripping it from mythology, which I always dig. And I love seeing that in our movies. And I really liked that character and thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Edward Furlong, I could kind of take or leave. I mean, he's a terrible actor, but he's he's cute. He's fun to watch. He's fine. And back yeah. then, he it was fine. I mean, everybody kind of that was during his Pet Cemetery two days and term like well, after. Yeah, Terminator he only had two. a couple of days there. He, <laughs> in my opinion, he just had those couple of movies, and then he got this reputation for being, you know, uh, John Flynn, who directed this movie, just really didn't get along with him, and he was like this bratty kid yeah. that wouldn't wake up for call and Did all. Did you ever that. see Detroit Rock City? Yeah, uh, yes. That's a good one. He's in yes. that one too. Yes. So that was his moment. The girl, the girlfriend in this, she plays the sister on Homeland. Mm. Older. If you if you look at her, you'll recognize I will probably her. notice yeah. that now, but I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm I'm curious why you picked it. I get I'm assuming cuz you have this like you love it for one, but you also have a connection to it a, from working. Well, yeah, I think I don't know. If, I think there maybe is a nostalgia because I yeah. really loved working at the movie theater. Yeah, I was an Edward Furlong fan when I was a teenager. Sure, I, I think was, most people were. Most kids were. It. Yeah, and 
it the and trickster trickster is the reason why i really liked it i think he's a so fun great. character he's creepy as hell he's very hellraiser he's very hellraiser and also i think this was when people were starting to really entertain the idea of virtual rea reality in video games and how you know people can really become immersed in that and then being able to, how do you separate reality from fantasy and you know if you allow somebody to and i think that there was also a lot of controversy around do video games cause violence and things like that so they did it in a way though that was you know in a horror film um mm -hmm. but i i just think it's fun it's a lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun. I mean, it has, of course, terrible critical reviews uh, yeah. and all that, but it's, it's much more hell. of a, it's much more of a cheesy horror movie. It's really in line with what you loved about '80s cheesy horror movies. Yeah. Only it was in 1994, and so maybe it was a little like behind its time or something. A little, in other words, like a cult movie that honors the '80s sensibility. Yes but it's not done 25 years later. It was done like 1994. Like a little so too it, soon. It was a little too soon. Yeah. So people were maybe kind of out of that, you know, 90s Taking horror movies. Taking it seriously. 90 horror movies were like, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Legend. Urban Legends. Mm. Like it had a very different like teenage sensibility. And I see yeah. what they were trying to do with like having Edward Furlong as a teenager in games and stuff. But I think the comment they were trying to make was probably too soon. It was just too soon and it didn't like, yeah. it didn't land. But now watching it, if I don't think about what year it's made, it's just really very much in line with like the campy, cheesy kind of slashery mm -hmm. movies. And... I'm wondering, did they make a bunch of these? Because I could see why, how they won't maybe wanted to make more they than one, right? Like yeah. they're setting up a, they're really setting up a series. They could have, and they could have made it into a TV series too, but they, they didn't. That was no, the only one. They yeah. did not. All right. What else? What else did you watch? I watched a movie called Population 436. Okay. Um, this we've been talking about Jeremy Sisto a lot. This was, <laughs> Might as well get it over with. This one, I actually thought this was pretty good. It was different and really strange. It's more of a, a psychological thriller. Um, it's although it's labeled as a horror film. It's a 2006 direct-to-video horror film directed by Michelle McLaren, starring a bunch of people. And let me get to. I'm sorry, I thought I had the right one pulled up. So Jeremy Sisto plays. You know, at the very beginning of the movie. He ends up driving into the small town as like a consensus guy who's like checking numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And he he ends up witnessing an accident and starts to realize that the number, uh, the population of this town never changes. Wow. It stays at 436. So um, his name's Steve Cady is the name of the is the name of the character so he's sent to the rem a remote and seemingly idyllic village of rockwell falls north dakota to interview residents concerning the population on the way to rockwell falls he's distracted by a woman falling off a horse mm. and his vehicle hits a pothole and bursts two tires <laughs> he is eventually picked up by bobby kane played by fred durst uh the sheriff's deputy who drives him into uh, rockwell falls and helps him find a place to stay so as he stays there and as the movie grows, you can tell that something really bizarre is happening. Mm -hmm. And what we figure out as we're watching it without giving too much away is that there, anytime someone is born, 
they someone in the town who's an elder will sacrifice their life oh. to keep so it becomes this cult and oh. they they say that if you try to leave then you have the fever oh. and they're going to try to cure so it had a little bit of it's very um, culty it had a little bit of of uh the movie the village flavor yeah, to it right more and more happens that i won't go into but i thought it was actually pretty good it sounds pretty good yeah. did you watch it on like shutter or something um i think it was netflix it? okay cool I'm going to try, I'm going to do my best to try to mention where we watch the movie so that it's a little yeah, bit more sure helpful was, for listeners. I've been finding more on Netflix just because I think um, Prime and Shutter lately has had a lot of the same, I, I'm having a hard time finding stuff. Just on finding there. what you want to watch. Yeah. yeah. They're always dropping new stuff. It's just a matter of taste and yeah. what you like and stuff. I know that BrainScan is on Shutter. Oh, is it? Yeah. I have the, I actually have it on DVD. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm just yeah. going to leave that right yeah, there. I've had it for years. <laughs> I, uh, I watched a movie, a new movie, a 2020, I, I believe it's 2021. It might've actually been somewhere else, 2020, but I think it's 2021. And, uh, it's a movie with Nicolas Cage called pig hmm. and it's new, obviously. And it's directed by Michael Cernowski, who I believe might be newish in the game. The synopsis is a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. I just want to say that I went into this movie knowing that it would be all the rainbow of cage, meaning I knew that there would probably be his rage cage or anger, rage but, cage. <laughs> but that there, but that it was a more of a dramatic role for him because it is a drama movie. And I bring it up because I know we normally talk about horror movies, but Nick cage over the last many years has definitely become a horror icon. He's mm -hmm. been in a lot of great horror movies and the rage cage thing. And even back to the eighties, he's been in horror movies for a long long time but he's always also been in comedies but he's also been in dramas flicks that are dramatic but also kind of hold a lot of times they hold a little violence in them mm -hmm. <laughs> the dramas that he does i was pretty i was actually pretty blown away by his performance in this i've become so sent desensitized i guess to cage being a bit weird and in these horror movies and mm -hmm. doing his uh Willie's Wonderland, uh, which I loved as well, mm -hmm. thought was fun, but in a totally different way. You know, that's that quirky. He has so many different colors, really. He does. You never, you don't realize it until you sort of study someone's, you start to just watch every movie they're in, and then you start to sort of study their career, especially because now it spanned several decades. Well, he was so great in Leaving Las Vegas. Too. He was so great in Leaving Las Vegas back in the day, but it's been quite a while for yeah. me since I've seen a movie where he really was in the scope of his dramatic range. Now, I'm not saying he's playing somebody wildly different. He is, it really, it touched me, this performance. Like there was a moment in this movie, and it's the story too, it's not just his performance, but there's relationships. Uh, I, I kind of teared up at one or two points. It was, mm. it was endearing. The movie was endearing. And I want to say that, it's kind of a weird story. It's kind of a, it has a slow burn to it, but they, they use him in a way that's very effective. Meaning he is able to be still in this performance. And so what ends up happening is that his stillness 
ends up making all of the other characters look like they're sort of whirling dervishes around him, Mm -hmm. which is effective for the story because he's doing what you love to see him do, which is be still and strong and focused and kind of a little bit scary, Mm -hmm. but also with a lot of heart and a lot of care for what's going on in his life at that moment but he's single-minded. And so that just ends up supporting his strength. (laughs) If that makes sense, it's like his stillness. And then everyone looking a little bit crazy around him, meaning a little bit anxious. And it just ends up making him look stronger and more interesting in the role. And then because of what's going on in the plot and the different things that happen, he just ends up looking, it just ends up reinforcing his purpose and power in the role. So cool. I really enjoyed it and I recommend it. I, I just really liked this movie. So, Great. and it's called pig and it's new. I think, uh, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. It's been kind of making the rounds. I really wouldn't be surprised if he got some attention over it because the performance is really exceptional. And if he gets ignored, that would be such a shame. I I'm wondering also if this uh, filmmaker didn't have, East Clint Eastwood directorial inspirations Mm. Uh, because while I was watching it just uh, shot choice style choice the heart that Eastwood puts in all of his movies from the character's perspective there's always a lot of heart there's always a lot of relationship connection there's uh, the shot choices in particular were very very Clint Eastwood I wouldn't um, and then I looked it up and I'm like this isn't an Eastwood movie is it and then I looked Mm. it up I knew it wasn't but and I saw the guy was pretty new so Cool. Maybe there's an influence there, but what else? What else did you watch? Uh, I watched a movie called Mercy Black. Okay. I It was great to see Janine Garofalo again. <laughs> I love her. She plays uh, the clinician in it, and she's great. The movie's about a woman who is sent to a mental institution after stabbing her classmate in an attempt to conjure an evil spirit called Mercy Black. Fifteen years later, she's released and must save her nephew, who has become obsessed with the phenomenon. Um, you know, it's your typical possession movie. Okay. But I thought the cast was pretty great. Um, the little boy was really good. I, like I said, I always love to see Janine Garofalo. You know, they, they do a part on stigmatizing mental health and violence and how it doesn't equate and how she comes out of the, the mental institution uh, back into society and just um, the amount of people who really just want to send her back and you mm-hmm. know um so there's a big mental health piece to the movie but then you know in conjunction with this urban legend and essentially as the movie continues you realize that certain characters in the movie who you believe are you know neutral characters tend to actually be a play a very big role in what's going on in the possession of things and so there's a there's a handful of like surprises and things around the corner that keep it really moving um mm-hmm. had a couple really good scares and overall i think it's worth a watch that's amazing it's funny i just looked over at you and you've got both of the tourist trap masks <laughs> like facing you so i just had to take a photo of that yeah. so it made me happy they're, sitting on they're the literally desk. sitting on their little headstands and they're like a foot away from her on each side i just felt like you're just chilling with me you were being held and you have an audience is what I, from my perspective, you have a little audience over there. I do. Of tourist masks. I'm just, you know. I do. So we also, for Shark Week, those of you who are into that, 
July had Shark Week this year, which is early for Shark Week. It's usually in August, but Shark Week is was in July, and it's a construct of the Discovery Channel from years gone by where they show shark documentaries and such for a week. But what we did was we had our own Shark Week on our uh, Discord and did watch-alongs of a ton of shark movies that I tried to program with everyone just chiming in on their favorites and what they wanted to watch and what was streaming. And so I gathered together a schedule and we watched a bunch of shark movies together and it was epic fun. Let me just say that. And so we want to share that with everyone a little bit, a little recap we watched and I'm, I'm going to list them all. And then we'll talk about four of them in particular that Kathy and I watched together. We watched the Meg six headed shark, the shallows mega shark versus crocosaurus shark night, 3d Santa jaws, deep blue sea jaws, sharknado 47 meters down uncaged piranha 3d and summer of 84. (laughs) Summer 84 wasn't a shark movie, though. Oh, no. Right. Sorry. In five days. Yeah, a lot lot of stuff. We did a double feature each night. We had Shark Week. It was a marathon. I assigned special roles to those who, special little tags in our Discord to those who completed the week. So, anyway, let's talk about Six-Headed Shark. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is a... 2018 movie it's a horror action it's two hours long and it is part of a much larger series there's a two-headed shark a three-headed shark a four-headed a five-headed shark and apparently there's a seven-headed shark coming out in 2025 i guess so the attendees of a marriage boot camp on a remote island have to fight against a six-headed shark and that's exactly what it is there's so much nonsense going on in this movie but the damn thing goes on land yeah, so let's talk about the good stuff first. The good stuff is that damn six-headed shark and the way it walks like a crab. It walks like a crab. That's my favorite thing about And this just movie. like a crab claw, yes. it grows back if it gets cut off. So they'll chop off one of the heads, y'all, and it grows back. And so the next time you see the shark, it's walking like a crab again, all grown back. All it's pretty gross it's amazing yeah the shark was the best part i mean yeah the cgi is crap i mean it's low no, budget no, whatever no but it We're was not, gross in the sense but it was that, awesome like, yeah it yeah. was awesome and uh, many of you are in love with the low budget horror movie and the fun low budget bad horror movie and this is one of them this is yeah. the best of the shark movies that we watched over the week as far as like can't be cheesy fun now we Mo- talk, can we talk about the hippie couple? That- Moving on to the not so great parts of this movie. Please go ahead. The hippie couple that we're talking complete nonsense. There's like four couples that go to this remote island, like marriage boot camp, like those reality shows that you guys see. And one of them is what you would call or characterize or project as a hippie couple, quote unquote. That's what they refer to them as. They're sort of, head. it's that granola yeah. idea. It's like, this is all hocus pocus. He kept like using this weird. And then, you know, thankfully they, they They all die. I mean, except for a couple, obviously. The acting's pretty terrible. So here's, yeah, I remember you saying that. Except the lead guy didn't bother me. So I, I hear what you're saying as far as the acting's terrible. Here's my kind of like. director. My thought is this, and you tell me if I'm full of shit or not. But my thought is that. 
it was simply incongruent with what the movie was. In other words, I think what we're used to is with movies like this, we're used to campy bad acting. What I saw is that several of the several of the lead actors that had more of more of more to do that didn't die as early basically, they were working so hard and a couple of them were acting their little asses off. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were doing well. There were it's, a couple that were good. It was just very incongruent. It was like uh, it was watching a soap opera with a six-headed shark. So for me, the actors weren't bad in my mind. It wasn't that it was for me. It wasn't that it was bad. Of course, a couple of them were bad. But I'm just saying, like, it wasn't that it was bad acting for me. It was that it just, it was actually actors working really hard to sell the story and the story was crap. There was genuine emotion going. I mean, a couple of the actors were really selling it. They were, mm-hmm. I thought personally, they were really doing a great job. It's just, we're not used to seeing actors really trying to act in a movie this way. No. So that was what it was for me. But Yeah, I mean, I think the, the two main characters who live they were they were pretty decent but the the red-headed guy that are you cheating on me that guy he was brutal i i could barely watch him act. he couldn't <laughs> act his way out of a box but i would agree with that i think sometimes it's confusing it's like am i supposed to be taking this seriously i mean the actors were taking it seriously is and, my point and sometimes that just doesn't work for me like in a movie like six-headed shark that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is for yeah. me, it was that like just let the it actors be could actually act, and they were taking it very seriously. And I'm just imagining yeah. the director sort of saying to them, like, "You're going to act this straight." Yeah. Like, really be acting yeah. in this movie like they were acting in Saving Private Ryan. Right. And it's Six Headed Shark. Right. <laughs> but that is congruent with what this this is a movie that is in the same world as Zombies. Mm. So nobody's going to remember this, but when I talked about, when I reviewed Zumbies, one of the things that I said about it was that it was, you know, kind of low budge, bad CGI. And so it was really funny with a lot of production costs, like a lot of production money, just like this movie. There's a lot of money in this movie. It's just not being put into the six headed shark, tons of actors, high production value, shot really like you can tell by the quality of film there's like color correction and sound was crazy like lots of sound lots of music everything looked beautiful it looked great and then there's this bad cgi that's incongruent with it Mm -hmm. and there's these no-name actors which is kind of incongruent with it it's like high production values and this janky kind of (laughs) and that's zombies too zombies and zombies too and this company does all their movies that way Mm. And it's funny because when I was watching this movie, I'm like, this is reminding me yeah. of something. Same <laughs> and style. And it's the same style. So anyway, what other movie do you want to talk about from that week? Let's talk from about, sh- can we talk about Santa Jaws? Yeah. Please go ahead. Santa Jaws is hilarious. Yeah. I put, I picked Santa Jaws and I wanted Christmas in July, but I picked Santa Jaws because when I saw it around Christmas, I totally fell in love with this movie. It's pretty comical. 2018. I love that the genre is other yeah. slash sci-fi, also two hours long. An aspiring comic book artist who happens to be a 
gifted a pen which changes reality as he first draws Santa Jaws, making it come to life as Cody's family and friends are picked off. First, no one believes him, but soon his remaining family and friends find out it's true and race to battle for survival. So they live in like this little East Coast town, and little by little, his family and friends are attacked by a shark whose fin has a constant Santa hat. (laughs) And if you start to sing like Santa Claus is coming to town or whatever, you can catch its attention and it will come to the dock. (laughs) It's amazing. It's, I mean, it's terrible in the most amazing way. Yep. I mean, two out of five stars, terrible in the most amazing way. Yeah. Oh, worth a watch. Super fun. You like what we call bad horror movies, meaning bad they're bad and they're super freaking fun. They have some money, so yeah. They also they do have some budget. This is not like low, yeah, no, it's this yeah. is not micro budget. This is low budget, but it's super fun. Yeah, the shark looks pretty legit from a distance. I think. <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> he also has a Santa hat on his fin. <laughs> The actors look real from a distance. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy Santa Jaws and I was like, do I program a Christmas wedding to a shark? Yeah, no, it's perfect. Christmas damn, in July. Damn straight I do because it's one of my favorite shark movies. Yeah. 47 meters down uncaged. Oh God. This is the claustrophobic movie from hell. I like it. I personally think I like it better than 47 meters down. I know that's controversial. Anyway. Wait, which one are you talking about? This is 47 meters down uncaged, which oh, is the oh, second oh, one. There's gotcha. a 47 meters down. Oh, then maybe it was 47 meters down. I watched with y'all. Which one did we watch? Did we just watch uncaged? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This one was terrifying. Agreed. 2019. Like it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's why I say, I think it, I like this one better, but anybody out there who liked the descent, it's think of the descent underwater. 90 minutes long, actually, and it's PG-13. So the way I feel a lot of times about PG-13 horror movies is is they have to work a lot harder to scare you. Yeah, And it's not about like sex and gore and and super ooper duper violence. So this is four teenage divers discover the sunken ruins of a Mayan city. They are also on a hunting ground for deadly great white sharks. (laughs) Mm-hmm. With their air supply steadily dwindling, the frightened girls, who all happen to be very attractive, the frightened girls must navigate the underwater labyrinth of claustrophobic caves and eerie tunnels in search of a way out of their watery hell. So if you have a drowning issue, you know, fear, if you have a claustrophobic fear, if you have an isolation fear, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And John Corbett plays the dad, who I love. Um, he's, he's good in this too. This, this movie is really, I mean, there are some scenes, the scene, do you remember where they, they initially lose their friend who gets (laughs) like sucked in that abyss? Yes. All of it looks very real. I mean, it's filmed well. Yes. I don't know how they did some of these scenes. I wonder if they did some of them in reverse because the, the the impact, when you watch the, the intensity of the water and mm-hmm. how it's pulling them. Sometimes they'll do mm-hmm. those shots in reverse, but mm-hmm. it was really, it was like, I felt like I was holding my breath watching it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a UK movie too. Just FYI for those of you who like to know where movies come from. I thought it was really good. One of the things I read about it 
I read a phrase where they called it ruthlessly efficient. Mm. I thought that was a really exceptional kind of way to describe it because from a filmic perspective, like it's efficient it moves along, it gets to the scares. Yes, There's no, it does. it's edited well. It's, it, you know, 90 minutes long. So it, it is clips it's paced along really well paced the rhythm of they it. They could have made that a two and a half hour movie. They could and ruined it. They would have. But if you're also a fan of shark movie, it's a shark movie, but it's not like a jaws or a this or a that no. it's, it's the shark just kind of, is there being very very scary and you do see the shark oh like, yeah if you like shark yeah, yeah. movies you do see the shark but it's really just the being stuck down like the descent but it's, it's you being scared shitless yeah and there's parts that are dark and you can't see what's going on and then something happens and the jump scares are good they're yeah. solid can i say one more thing about six-headed shark yes <laughs> get you a t-shirt one of the things that i was reminded of is that it's like this and I thought of it after we stopped talking about it is it's like Star Trek acting. Like oh, Star Trek. Yes. That's exactly what it's like. Where the Star Trek acting is like you're in a an epic tragedy like right. King Lear and you're talking about a so that's the analogy I was trying to think of earlier. And it's like and I also remember that the music was like over the top, like we were watching uh, Endgame, you know, the Avengers Endgame, this over the top battle For with sure. the shark. And then you see this like little, this like crab CGI thing come up on tour and you're like, why are we listening to Endgame, like Mission Impossible <laughs> crisis yeah. music? Well, but honestly, I, I mean, I'm kind of in love with it. I haven't watched all. I, know. I, I you, you know, you dug it, and, and it's really not that bad to sit through. Like, and it, I'm gonna watch all the others. Yeah, <laughs> but I think there was one more shark movie we wanted to talk about before we wrapped up the Shark Week. I mean, I conversation. think we, I think we have to talk about. Okay, um, so this is yeah, go ahead. no. You go ahead. Piranha 3D. Yes. I mean, we didn't. I didn't watch it in 3D, but <laughs> it was. It was in. Put out in the theaters. Nor did I. Do you want me to do the little... Yeah, I can't remember if... I did see it in the... Did I see it? No, I didn't see it in the theater. Go ahead. You want me to do the synopsis? Yeah. 2010 horror mystery thriller, 90 minutes long. Spring break. (laughs) Turns gory when an underground tremor releases hundreds of prehistoric carnivorous fish into Lake Victoria, a popular waterside resort. Local cop, who's played by Elizabeth Shue must join forces with a band of unlikely strangers though they are badly outnumbered to destroy the ravenous creatures before everyone becomes fish food so this is an r-rated there is strong body horror in this yeah Uh, bloody horror i mean a lot of nudity in it too a lot of nudity a lot of gore so i mean that is absolutely what people love and if i've talked about this uh director before alexandre aja Aja or Aha? I don't know. Aja, probably. I've talked about uh, him before. Uh, he did Oxygen. Yeah. Which we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. French. Oxy- Oxygen was good. You know, this um, this movie doesn't take itself seriously, which is why I think I enjoy it. It really is just like a, a campy mm-hmm. um, remake of Piranha in the <laughs> 70s and just trying to, you know, in some ways make fun of it. Yeah. So, um but it has its moments, you know, the, the, what about the, um, the scene where the two women are, are doing the, uh, 
synchronized swimming naked <laughs> and they're playing the the or the and the music the comes symphony. over it. oh my god i mean it's just it's it's really and then jerry o'connell just plays this total fuck boy porn director <laughs> you know on his yacht um and then what happens to him is just hilarious yeah so jerry o'connell elizabeth yeah. shoe the log line i think on the posters was there's something in the water like yeah no shit yeah <laughs> there's like all these piranhas in the so as this is not a shark movie but what I did was we followed up Shark Week with uh, our summer solstice watch-alongs, which are on the Saturday nights, usually on the Discord. And so we did five nights of Shark Week. And we watched all these sharks. And then on Saturday, the summer solstice night was Piranha 3D in keeping with the water theme in summer of 84. That's why I mentioned it before. So we kind of still went a little underwater to transition out of it. But Richard Dreyfus was also in it. Uh, there's some good people in it. Briefly. And like, Christopher Lloyd. And Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Eli. Eli Roth. Yep. FYI, your fave. Mm. We had we had a lot of fun, and one of the things that's coming up for our August watches is that I don't know if you know this, Kathy, but the first week of August, not only is it my birthday, but it's International Clown Week. Oh Christ! So you know what I did? You doing I, a clown lineup? Yeah, we're doing a clown lineup for about you know, three, I dig three it, though, four nights. Because clowns scare the crap out of me. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be fun. And we're just going to watch a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah, all right, cool. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you so thank you so much for listening to Shrink Chat. We really appreciate it. And my God, you guys, so generous, our listeners. I mean, we have tourist trap masks. I know. That's amazing. What can I tell you? And thank you for my birthday presents, Kathy. Welcome. All right. See you next time. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, sleep safe.